How's my sound, Jack? I can hear you, but I can't see you. Okay, one second. I'm just going to close the window there because there's actually quite a lot of traffic. Oh my God, this podcasting dark. I actually right. don't even know if I'm in the right thing. Oh, okay. No, you Wait, are, you are, here you I am. Okay, there I can you. see it. Right. Are you ready to go? Will you press record? I can't, see, I can't see you though. How do I see you? Oh, wait. You there? I got you. Yeah. Hi. Hiya. Let's see what we're doing here. So we're doing a podcast, we'll make right? A podcast. Let's make a podcast. We've talked about it for long enough. <laughs> yeah. As you keep saying, the world just needs another podcast. But the this one's going to be different. Podcasts. This one's going to be different. Why is it going to be different? Um... Well, it's going to be stories from Neighbourfood and the work that we both do in Neighbourfood. Yeah. And every day we encounter more and more interesting things or people or positive stories or maybe negative stories. And I think I think yeah. it's worth just getting people in each week and having a bit of a chat. And yeah. of course, the other side of it is that we've you know built up a great following of people online. There's lots of people engaged in this community and all we really ever are able to do is lovely ads so why not just start doing something that's a little bit more fleshed out but I think actually to put this into context maybe we should tell people what is neighbor food who you are and just let's kind of build a bit of a foundation because you're, you're the founder of neighbor food so you're the best person to talk about what this is and why yeah, well, this I'm, well I'm one of the founders one so of the, founders. the other founder is Martin Poucher Martin Poucher yeah yeah Martin looks after all the tech and then I have kind of looked after the other bits and pieces so far. So you're the yeah, okay, well, look, I'll explain. T- tell, what, tell us what's Neighborfood. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Neighborfood is a software company mm-hmm. that basically develops software for artisan food producers to okay. currently to try and sell more good food to people. And why artisan food producers of all the different software uh, people that you could be targeting why, why, why food okay well f- let's go back so we, we started in 2018 mm-hmm. and at that point I was you know a food a, running a food company myself so the rocket man was I had done that for eight years and the idea that that I kind of came up against was that I felt that there were that like technology and and different softwares could seriously improve the way my business was running mm. And I don't think a lot of those small businesses have software companies kind of licking their lips and knocking at the door and trying to improve the running of those smaller companies. You know, it's it's a little bit of a forgotten community when it comes to to tech. And when you say small, are you talking like just you and your mom? Small, small business? No, or are we talking a few employees? How, how, no, uh, I, I suppose, t- tell people what the Rocketman was, because it was a salad bar. It was a market. Um, it was a lo- it was loads of small. <laughs> you things, used to do it... pop up stuff all the time. I mean, you were actually pretty big for a small company. I, th- I think you, yeah, you. The maximum we had was about 12, 12 people working with us at mm-hmm. one point when we had two shops and the market stalls. And it would change. It would kind of grow and, and come back, and then it would grow. And so a lot of people would be kind of part time. Might come in for the summer or stuff like yeah. that. But it's um, yeah, it was a load of tiny things together and. Like definitely when I say small artisan producers, what I mean is if, if you contact the company and you're speaking to the owner, that's a small artisan. Yeah. Okay. They yeah. probably have other people working for them, but you can get the owner on the phone is mm. kind of the idea, you know? Yeah. yeah. So these are small companies that are generally being managed and doing what they do 
for the objective of creating the best food they can mm-hmm. rather than generating profit or, or something else, you know? So it's, yeah. it's, it's little mini companies that are basically focusing on quality instead of quantity or profits. Mm-hmm. And in your case, you were a salad bar, but we're also talking about farmers, jam makers, bakers, you name it. Anything that's anybody that's in the food industry at that small size. Yeah, anyone who's creating end user products. So anyone who's making something that someone else is going to pick up off a shelf or pick up off a stall or pick up off an online site. That's who we're kind of looking to work with. Gotcha. So what does your software do then? Well, so we, the idea, my frustrations and like, I mean, neighbor food started as a kind of punt, really, you know, it was, it was a, it was a little bit of a kind of a dream thing. I had an idea, I pitched it to a few different software developers, and then most people were excited by it because it it was, you know, it's a lovely group of people to work with Mm. food producers. Mm. So eventually then having found Martin and having a good lengthy few chats with Martin, like I found it very easy to decide that Martin was the one to do this because he he's incredibly well qualified and also mm. he you know he 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 was the, the perfect person in my mind he was mm. the customer I was looking for you know well, because okay. he loved he really loved good food but he wasn't buying it for his fridge so he was going to really nice restaurants and he knew a lot about different food but he 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 didn't really like he wasn't a farmer's market customer and he wasn't mm. he wasn't someone who kind of knew where to get you know unhomogenized like homogenized sorry unhomogenized milk or where to get you know free range pork mm-hmm. so and the, the greatest thing actually was when we because we started really really small and but you know seeing martin use neighbor food weekly was kind of that was a great victory in my mind because I thought like, okay, I just have to convince everyone else the way I convinced him kind of thing. Yeah. So um, I know you and I know neighbor food now like the back of our hand, right? But we yeah. still haven't established that it's actually a place that you can buy this food, right? So how does it work, say, from the producer's point of view where they where they sell their stuff and then maybe how the customer buys it and where does the host come in? Because there's three different kind of stakeholders involved in neighbor food markets, right? Yeah, for sure. Okay, so it's it's a ne- at the moment it's a network, and producers will join that network, create online shops, and then they can join collection points that are around them. Mm-hmm. So there are collection points in different parts of Ireland and the UK, and then mm-hmm. the producers that are geographically close to those collection points will join them. Each okay. collection point we call a market. Okay. So we have forty plus markets across Ireland and the UK, probably fifty Fantastic. plus. Yeah. And then each of those has a host. And mm-hmm. that host's job is kind of like they're the shopkeeper for a day kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So they launch each week an online shop, which runs for five days. And then that shop closes. Mm-hmm. And then the producers are sent the orders. And then the customers come to collect on the specific collection day at the collection point, which happens weekly at the same time. Cool. So from the customer's point of view, they're getting like an abundance of local producers all within really short radius from the producer's point of view I, I presume they're only just uh catering for the amount of orders that they have so there's no waste and from the host point of view they have a very efficient turnaround system where everything is done in a few hours right yeah the idea for for the for the and all the hosts are a little bit different but the idea for the host is that it's kind of a one day so it's a part-time job it's by no means mm-hmm. full-time and it's it should just be that one day with a small exception of calls and 
and emails and some social media work, but really it should all be kind of condensed into that one day too. So you have a drop-off period in the beginning, you organize and get everything ready. You make sure you know if you have any refunds, because of course we don't control the supply. So Mm -hmm. there are many different producers supplying into your one basket of shopping. Mm -hmm. So there can be mistakes. So they know the mistakes and they identify them beforehand. And then when the customer comes, the box is ready to go. It's such a good system. So you mentioned you have about... 40 markets or so in Ireland and the UK. How many producers are we talking about within that network then? Um, well, there are 1,800 producers signed up to Neighbourfood. Wow. Well, there you go. I yeah, mean, that, that is the reason really why we should be doing a podcast about food, isn't it? Yeah, but there aren't 1,800 customers using Neighbourfood every week. So there are okay. more food producers than there are cut now. During the pandemic, there were hundreds of people really eager to try and find um, places to buy good food. But at the same time, all of the producers needed to find places to sell them because Mm. everything else was closed. So Mm. um, neighbor food doesn't work for every producer is kind of one of the big problems that we've come up against. Okay. So without neighbor food existing in, in the society, food producers were following a course of action where they were going towards building themselves to suit what was out there, right. which is centralized distribution, which is, you know, different types of retail. And neighbor food doesn't really work for a lot of different types of producers. So let's say you make a granola, okay? Yeah. And you have this one granola, you've perfected it, and you want to sell that granola to the world and the ideal thing for you is centralized distribution. So you, mm-hmm. you know, super value ring you and say, I'll have 2000 bags of your granola, drop it to me in Tremor Road, and then we'll distribute it to 30 super values around the country. Mm-hmm. Neighbor food is more built for the types of producers that have maybe like an organic farm or keep mm. some di- different animals and produce some different meat products or are a dairy that produce milk and cream and buttermilk. Mm-hmm. You know, and they have a range of products that people are interested in buying weekly. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's more. And then some producers who have a smaller range, they end up supplying a couple of different neighbor foods. And that works for them because mm-hmm. they might not have enough sales from one, but they can pop in the car and drive around to four or five or six in one day. Mm-hmm. And, that, and that's the great thing about Cork is that because I suppose we're from here, we were able to grow so much faster with the neighbor food markets model in Cork that there are a lot of producers who find it very much worth their while to just drive around to all the different collection points. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've realized that we need to have many collection points in an area for the model to, to be able to support all the producers, basically. Gotcha. So I could expect things like eggs, milk, salad, veg, bread, cakes, those kind of things from s- small local producers. That's it in a nutshell, right? Sure. As you buy, you have a kind of condensed shopping experience. So you're buying from everybody all in one place, but it's quite easy to identify who has made the particular thing you're buying. Yeah. So you you cash out one basket at the end and our software splits all the payments to all the different people and sends the orders to all those different people. And then it all condenses into a box for you to collect. Amazing. And mm. there's nothing better than shopping local, right? There is nothing better than shopping local. I mean, we'll probably talk about that quite a lot throughout this podcast, but the different reasons. So, Jack, um, you mentioned about the pandemic there as a kind of a major pinpoint on the neighborhood journey, right? But before the pandemic, 
you were running the Rocketman, you started this up and then we had the pandemic, things escalated and now we're in the post-pandemic party, right? Do you want to maybe take us through those three steps to give people a feel for what that journey has been like and how things are going so far with Neighbourhood? Okay, well, pre-pandemic was definitely, we didn't have any investment. We were just growing a little bit organically and we, we made mistakes. We thought markets would be really good in a certain place and they weren't. And then there were ones that kind of crept up that we didn't have a huge amount of faith in that were were amazing and incredible and really inspiring. So mm-hmm. it kind of showed us, you build an idea and you think it's going to be something and then it ends up being something else. And that happens with absolutely everything. Mm-hmm. So it showed us what it what it actually was. And it gave us two years to pressure test the whole system. Mm-hmm. So like when the pandemic came, we did not have enough people working in neighbor food to be able to, so like there was thousands of emails that were probably not answered there was messages coming in there was messages coming through different social media channels that we didn't even have set up anymore that we had set up in the you know there was Mm. we didn't have the the whole thing tidied up so those Mm. first three months were like I mean from my personal point of view Martin was developing fixes all the time I was the only Mm. one on communication I Mm. basically didn't leave my computer for 16 hours a day Mm. for about seven or eight months and had mm. a baby in the middle of that. And then mm. Martin had twins. So it was a little bit insane. Like, <laughs> And also, just because I'm sure a lot of people don't know this, you actually don't even live in Cork anymore. You're now living in Italy. I live in so Italy. So you also, you also had the distance. And a, but... and a six-year-old. <laughs> and living in an apartment. <laughs> you don't make life tough at all, like for yourself. But that actually worked better. Because it okay. meant it meant that I was... 100% available for that and I didn't get distracted into other things other than you know having a baby and looking after my family and whatever but you know I, I was small I was stuff. able to just don't sweat the small stuff coordinate in. and just email and, and just set people up and just get people going and be kind of supportive mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. so that period then of COVID which you know it was amazing in a way and it was very emotional because there was a lot of people who still to this day make sure to kind of contact us and let us know that for a period of time it was it kept them alive you know because I think Mm. a lot of people don't realize that many food producers couldn't stop like supports for businesses Mm. were financial supports farms animals animal husbandry these types of things they don't stop like you don't Mm. just press pause you don't all empty from the factory and close the door and say thanks Mm. a million for the the EWSS or whatever scheme you were on like Mm. your money is in the ground and if you let those vegetables rot you know you're in big trouble yeah. and you need to feed your animals and you need to yeah. keep milking cows. You can't yeah. stop milking them, you know? Absolutely. So we just rocked on. We did that and it was, it was super exciting and, and it was great. And then as we started going through the pandemic, there were different phases and you, you're trying to wonder like, are these actual yearly phases or are these related to lockdowns? And mm. yeah, so we're, so we're coming into the summer and in the summer months, people are, more spontaneous they're not filling their fridge with ingredients anymore they're kind of eating out they're eating on the go they're not really cooking especially after covid where everyone was cooking seven days a week twice a day Mm. Mm. people kind of went out enjoy being out more and you know we we went quieter and the hope was that come september and october and coming into thing that that our sales would start rising and and it absolutely has you know like many of Mm. our markets are up 50 60 percent the customers are coming back and we're seeing a lot of producers coming back. So neighbor food markets, the grand experiment that it was, um, is is working. Like it's it's still working. There's loads of work that we need to do. And there are many places where it didn't work. And on the, the unfortunate thing about it is that we would have had a lot of hosts who 
set up neighbor food because their life changed so dramatically from COVID. Mm. And, and now they're coming back and they have to go back to work and we're trying to find different people. So it's a little bit of a, it's a difficult time and we're trying to kind of stabilize things. Mm-hmm. But the reality is there's customers knocking on the door looking for food. There are yeah. producers looking to sell it. And as we kind of figure out all these little small moving parts, it'll all settle back in. And I'm really excited to see where we can go with it because we've also in this period have been developing because we hired a developer then. Yeah. Okay. And, and I think we should, we should at some point in this podcast, maybe talk to some of the guys that were, are working with us because so it'd be nice to kind of see a few of the characters. wouldn't it? Well, let's, yeah. Well, let's ring Florian. So Florian's okay. our main Hang on a second. So we ring Florian. Uh, let's ring Florian here now. One second. What's the number? <laughs> Do you need his phone? You need his phone number. <laughs> Go on. Let's just try and ring him there. Crack. Okay. Hang on. He won't. He won't recognize the number now at all. Oh, hello, hello, Joan. Hey, how <laughs> hey. are you? Hey, Florian. I'm good. Jack. Hi, Jack. How's Jack's on the phone here too. How's it going? You're doing good. How are you guys? Good. We're having a great time. We're recording the podcast. Actually, we were talking about. You got the heads up, did you? Yeah. Excellent, excellent. So we were going to talk to you about uh, about what you do in neighbor food. So, so I'm the the IT developer uh, for neighbor food, and I work under Martin. Uh, who is supervising me. And so I'm developing all the beautiful functionalities that we have to show to people to in the portal or the website for the hosts and producers. Uh, and right now I'm working on the wholesale um, side of Neighborhood. So this is a new functionality that we're excited to bring, uh, which will allow the, the producers to sell to wholesale customers. That can be restaurants or individuals and the idea is that this is a completely um, easy experience because it's integrated as a tool that they already know and this will greatly enhance their um, experience on the wholesale side of things like much easier they don't have to go to another platform or but that's the idea and we're making sure we are we do this very simply I was just going to say, I, I, can you share with us the story of how you ended up joining us? Because it is a bit kind of mad. Uh, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, well, I was in the USA, actually, when I was interviewing um, about to go to Ireland. And I was looking for companies and I was trying to find a company that, you know, would be a bit closer to my values in terms of, well, you know, there are lots of... Uh, Let's say the food business is, that's very specific. There are some big industries and some smaller ones. And, and I wanted to work for a company that's making a change, you know, that is uh, actually truly having an impact. And so I found Navy Food and it's like, oh, they're doing food. Well, I love food. They're promoting local uh, economy and working with the communities. And that sounds great. And uh, I was excited to be part of this journey and, uh, making being able to make a change myself by working for them so for you guys so <laughs> that's how no, it, it was, it was really funny because like we interviewed flurry and his cv was amazing we chatted he's very sweet and really nice guy and really obvious that he would be a good member of the team and then you know martin hadn't told me that you were in the u.s so then it was kind of like oh yeah but i'm in the u.s i won't be arriving in ireland for i can't remember what it was it was like three days 
so I can start in, you know, on Monday or something. And then you just, you like just emigrated and you just started on Monday. So it was great. And we love, we love having you here. I told you during the interview, guys, I said, uh, you guys, if you, if you are on board with me, I'm, I'm on board with you. Okay, there are so many <laughs> companies that care about what they do and have a good impact. So like, do you know that there's one pity though, which is with, with all this remote working and starting working with someone that like, you know, we've been working with you since February or January. I can't even February. remember. February. Yeah. yeah. So you're, you know, like seven or eight months working with us. And I met Florian for the first time three weeks ago. And I, like we, yeah. we'd see each other on video calls and we chat over the phone. And I actually didn't even realize I'd never met you in person. Like I forgot to mark the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Isn't that amazing? But anyway, that's the only pity. The only pity is that we can't sit in an office next to each other. But yeah. Anyway, thank you, Florian. Sure. Thank you, guys. That, that, that's a good one <laughs> about him coming to Ireland. He's very sweet and uh, and he's a great developer. Yeah, so this is what he's working on. So I suppose that's our next bigger kind of move with neighbor food is just trying to get this wholesale, trying to get this wholesale um, capability into the into the portal. Yeah. So you mentioned earlier that during the pandemic, you were basically everything. You were answering emails, you were on the phone to producers, hosts, customers that had a problem, but the team is growing. Um, and one of the newest members of the team. One thing we were never able to do was actually directly engage with the producers, which, which are the main people that we're working with, but I was with hosts or I was with customers who had problems or fixing different things. So one of the, the other earlier people that we identified that we needed was like a producer liaison. So someone okay. who can actually be at the end of the phone for someone for anyone who needs help so in came dan let's talk to dan okay i'll give dan a ring now hello hey dan hi hey, jack how's it going grand grand what's going on uh what do you remember i was asking would you come and join us on the podcast and tell us what you do yes okay. yeah. i have jolene here Hi, okay, cool. how are you doing? I'm Let's good, Jolene. What's up? <laughs> it's all groovy here. Having mm -hmm. a great time. Um, what, tell us what you're up to right now. What are you doing? So right now, I'm working on some tutorial videos um, to help producers get to grips with what's available on their producer portal when it comes to organizing their orders for neighborhood markets. Okay. And what do you do in the grander picture of neighborhood? In the grand scheme of things, I am the producer liaison for neighbor food. So I'm kind of the go-to for any of the producers. If they have a problem, a question, a suggestion, um, they can reach out to me and get in touch. I am also the person that answers the majority of the support emails and support at neighbor food. Mm. Um, so yeah, I'm the person at the end of that email. Nice. But you also work in the Cork City neighbor food collection, don't you? Or did yeah, you? I did. And I, I still do a bit. Um, before I started my full-time role as producer liaison. I was volunteering once a week with Simone and the rest of the guys out in Cork City, um, just helping out the collection there. And I still love going down to lend a hand if uh, mm. if and when they need it. Yeah, it's a bit of cracker, right? Come here, uh, quick question now. I'm going to put you on the spot. What's been the most bizarre or surprising thing that's happened to you while you've been working with Neighbour Food? Well... 
the bizarre and surprising like there's there's nothing that really sticks out to me like like the most interesting experiences and the most interesting days are when you get to to meet the people and and see like at the at the collections really you know at cork city there's always something new each week you know um and there's it's always just very interesting seeing all the different producers getting everything organized trying to make sure that everyone gets their their food at the end of the day and of course the big challenge of cooking with all these different things that you never expected of course yeah well it's a great challenge <laughs> go on dan is there anything else we need to ask this man jack before we release him <laughs> back to the work <laughs> nope go back to work <laughs> yeah straight away <laughs> jack you're a hard taskmaster boy come here all right i think um we've met florian we've met dan and then i suppose we should really talk about the secret sauce of this whole operation because that is but you is it Mr. martin poucher me <laughs> <laughs> negative <laughs> no the secret sauce of this grand design is definitely martin because he is the guy really who is putting all the technicalities of this together and as you said it is a software company so i think we should talk to martin now i'm sure it's going to be a tough one he's probably got one of his four kids hanging off his legs yeah i think anyone but... who who runs a company or does a project with a partner generally you do spend more intimate time speaking with that person than you do with your actual partner. And throughout COVID, Martin and I were like, you know, 2 a.m., 3 a.m., 6 a.m., just getting things that need to be done sorted and and kind of, I don't know, enjoying the adventure a little bit as well. But a, a disclaimer first, like Martin has four kids under four, which is insane. Yeah. So I'll ring him. It's very, very likely there's going to be screaming kids in the background. But anyway, right. let's go for it. Let, let, let's, see, let's see if he'll talk to us. Okay, I'll ring him. Hello. How's it going? Good. How are you? Not too bad. What are you, what are you up to now? Um, so at the moment I'm working on... Um, the pre-order for the markets and uh, hopefully it'll let you know customers order their turkey ham and all the trimmings kind of Christmas, get them all organized. Oh, don't mention okay. the C word Martin. Oh, sorry. <laughs> it's a bit early but for me it's not I have to do it. Um, so yeah for the, you know let customers order their, all their bits and pieces for Christmas and uh, for producers to you know, they get their orders in early, paid for, and all organized into one neat little place. So win-win for everyone. Does okay. that mean I can order for Christmas like a few weeks in advance? Is that what you're doing? Um, yeah. So from about early November, you can get totally organized for all your, your Christmas food shopping. My goodness. You guys are always coming up with new angles on this. That's a great idea. Yes, yes. Being honest, this was come up with last year and it worked, but it was not ideal. Okay. Yeah. It was so very streamlined. In it, yeah. yeah. So this one is going to be streamlined. Exactly. Yeah. That's the nice thing is that there's always kind of things changing and progressing and developing and becoming better. Well done. Yeah. There's always ideas popping up here and there. <laughs> Since we started, a moment you remember, anything in particular that stands out? Do you know, the, the one I really, if I look, if I think back, it's probably uh, when we ran our first kind of market for Cork. 
and we got everyone, kind of a few of our friends and family to place an order. And then we kind of brought it all together and did like a, our first like mini um, collection point in, in Osho's. And mm-hmm. uh, um, it kind of after, I just realized that this, I always thought it was a good idea, but when I saw it actually in practice, I just thought like, this is, this is excellent. Such a good idea. Um, to, like to get to allow producers and like the local farmers and food producers to sell directly to the customer i just think this i just thought it was the best way it could be done and like a definite gap in the market so that one sticks out um can you remember anything that people said to you that night like a lot of feedback was that some people just couldn't get to the markets and um there's some really great stuff that's been produced here in, in our locality and all over Ireland. And we've kind of opened up another way for them to get it. So like, I'm, I'm a bit of a foodie. I love that kind of the really good produce, um, here in Ireland, just getting your hands on it. And like, it's just, mm. um, we're kind of blessed in a way, like, um, what we have on our doorstep. So another yeah. avenue to that is just great. That's just great. Yeah, totally. Um, so tell me a bit more about the technical side of things. How did you get into this kind of line of work? Has this been something you've been doing forever and ever and ever and ever? Yeah, so I'm, a, I'm obviously a developer by trade. So I did computers in college and I was I went through a bit of a ringer actually because when I left college, it was just after the dot-com crash. It was a few years, a couple of years after the dot-com crash and no one was hiring a developer. So, uh, like, I didn't start out being a developer straight out of college. It took me a few years. I had to kind of um, work my way back into it once there was jobs. It was probably, you know, uh, how many years was it? It was four or five years from after I left college to when I actually got a job as a developer. That's how bad it was. Wow. Um, but once I started, like, I in college was the only thing I really liked was writing code, you know, writing programs. So, um, but one thing I'd always always had in the back of my head was to, you know, I wanted to run my own company. Mm. Uh, so my dad did and I always felt it was in me. And um, around 2014, then I kind of took the leap and I started a company called Table Path, that does restaurant, man- restaurant booking software. Yeah. And it was kind of through that then, that's how I ended up meeting Jack. Uh, actually the first the very first customer I had with Tablepath, uh, Brian McCarthy and Greens, um, he introduced Jack to me. So that's kind of how we ended up making up. Nice. That was my, that was my journey to the start of Neighbor Food. Oh, that, that's a great story. Uh, any, can, can any of you remember that first meeting? I had actually met loads of, I'd met loads of developers at that stage and I had kind of started with a lot of gusto and spending like an hour chatting to someone and then, you know, like kind of, 40 minutes and then 20 minutes and then kind of 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of getting a little bit tired of having the same kind of chats. And then I think, I don't know, were we chatting for, geez, I don't know, two hours, Martin, maybe even more. Yeah. No, I remember what was, that's the pub up in, um, Henchies. Henchies. Yeah. Yeah. So that's where you just kind of, um, ran the idea past me and I just thought from, that was a great idea. So I was kind of on board from the get go really. That's cool. And look where you've come now. Yeah, it's a bit of a whirlwind when I think back, you know, it was kind of slow building and 
then COVID hit and exploded and, mm. you know, just a crazy last 18 months, you know. Mm. Is it worth the sleepless nights? Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, yeah. um, you're, you're, you're lucky, I guess, in a way um, that, you know, COVID ended up introducing a lot of people to neighbor food and trying it out. So um, just very lucky mm. to tough times, you know. Well, I think when cool. people would would ask, like, are you, you know, do you feel like you got lucky with with COVID? I actually think we got lucky with having whatever um, f- 15, 16 months operating before something like that would happen. Yeah, because we just right place, right time. There was absolutely no way that it would have worked if we hadn't tested. Like, if it was, if it was ready and the idea oh. was ready to go out there, and then that happened, it would have just fallen flat in its face. Yeah. Like, I think if it had hit, and even if you had the idea at that point in time, it would have taken way too long to to get something built and tested and, you know, out there. Mm. Yeah. Martin, why do you think Jack and yourself make a good team? I think we're a good team because we have, um, you know, our skills are, are, they cover what you kind of need to start a tech company, you know. Um I think oftentimes you might start and, you know, the f- co-founders might have similar skill sets and then mm-hmm. have to either hire missing gaps. But I think we actually cover nearly all the bases ourselves. And when you're starting out, um, you know, we bootstrapped it. So um, we could do everything ourselves at a, at a low cost. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, I think we have similar um, demeanors as well. We're both pretty calm. So even through the hard times, there might be, you know, we can, we can weather them, you know, and Jack's a, Jack's a good guy to work with. So it was easy for my side. You know. uh, <clears throat> can I tell you something? Last night I was actually feeling like Martin's going to be really disappointed in me because <laughs> I, I followed one of those, um, fishing texts by accident. Oh, Jack. <laughs> Jack, you didn't. What happened? So I didn't realize, but like, and you're probably going to be like, yeah, of course, everyone's talking about this. But it came from the same number that my verification texts from the bank come from. Okay. So apparently, and the woman in the bank last night when she managed to sort it out um, was telling me that it's been going on for two years and basically gave out to me for it. But it came into my bank thread and said, you know, there's some an, an attempt has been made to try and access your account. Please c- click here to resolve the issue or whatever and i basically clicked <laughs> i just yeah i remember your text <laughs> you said have i logged in and i said no and you said i've been locked out i was like that's weird <clears throat> so hard to hack a bank account you know but, all <laughs> i could Jack, think of when, all I, when will you ever learn <laughs> all i could think of was just like martin's going to be so disappointed with me <laughs> so it's not locked basically is it? Is just it is blocked yeah the bank account's blocked now okay. i blocked oh, no. i blocked it as well, you, soon as you ended up you ended up blocking it by clicking on the link no the link i, I put in put in the login details <laughs> i put in the login details into the link and then nothing happened and then i realized that the url was not the url of the the bank, <laughs> bank. so i rang the bank and i blocked our account right so now we I just can have... see the headlines tomorrow <laughs> no we... <laughs> 
We just Name have to... Name right? a food out of business. Please, <laughs> no, no. anybody listening, Martin is very good at uh, <laughs> security and he will patch up all <clears throat> Jack Roddy's uh, I'm just, mistakes. <laughs> I, just, I just need to call them now and uh, set up a new password, you know, so... Have you any ideas, by the way, for a new password? Do you want to let me know or we chat later? <laughs> I don't know. Martin's like, where is this password? I, I had the number memorized, but I uh, scanned now. All right. It's, uh, scary, it's scary how uh, how easy it is to, to to fool people. You know, I've seen some of the scams they run because I have to account for it on neighbor food. And um, it's scary how easy they can get your, your details, you know. Mm. Yeah, they're smart. Martin, thanks. Smart. Martin, good to talk to you. Good to good, good, good to get the no inside problem. track there on uh, on how this all started. No problem. Really nice little story. Thank you. Chat to you later. Bye. Ah, uh, well, that was a really lovely um, little chat to Martin. There, you've got a really nice combination of skills, Jack. Well done. Good, sure, good find. I, I enjoy working with him. He's he's a great guy. Yeah, he's really cool. Mm. Very calm in nature. I th- I think yeah. It's a, it's a good combination. And obviously you both kind of love uh, food as well. And, and the startup journey is, is always hard, isn't it? Like, Yeah, it can be rough. I mean, it's, it's more exciting generally than it is hard when you start with nothing, you know? So like there isn't a pressure on you. We were kind of uh, enjoying the, the, the guess and the chance that it might actually work. So I think it was probably more exciting than it was overwhelming. But of course there are times when it just catches you off guard. And t- tell us about a time that it did get overwhelming for you. Um, well, I mean, d- just around the time when the COVID pandemic started and we were getting busier and busier and busier and there was a huge amount of work for me. And then my my partner said, I know, was, you know, two or three weeks away from having Rose. And there was reports about pregnant moms giving birth to babies, both testing positive for COVID and being separated and ending up on ventilators. And then at the same time, I had you know, 150 emails a day to, Gosh, to have to yeah. get through. So that, yeah, yeah. that mental, was a mental, small mental bit overwhelming time. at that point, but it, it didn't last bit. too long. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you got there. Um, what about the social media? Yeah, so the, that is the kind of fu- the final piece, the final person here. So throughout the whole growth of neighbor food, I've, you know, always tried to deal with the little pieces, but it, it that was completely missed there was amazing stuff happening and I just wasn't able to stay on top of it so I had worked with Clara in the past on something else so I asked her would she get on board and she's been with us kind of since since the beginning so she looks after translating all the different things that happen and putting them together online to share the stories and she's yeah, great. Clara is a great bit of stuff, actually. She's a she's a daily dipper with me down in Myrtleville Beach. Do you know what? I'm going to give her a quick call. Um, hopefully, if she's not on the beach, she'll be able to talk to us. Hello. Hey, Clara. How's it going? Jolene here. I got Jack on the line, too, by the way. Hey, Jolene. How are you? I'm having a great time. We were just talking about you, your involvement in neighbor food, and how you've managed to... Uh, Take Jack Roddy's uh, task list uh, down a little bit with your involvement. <laughs> what do you do? So I um, I run the social media for Neighbour Food um, for nice. the UK and for Ireland. Um, so what I basically do, is, I suppose, is I um, create the online voice for Neighbour Food and for the markets, uh, promote the hosts, promote the producers and share any customer kind of photos and then 
show people how to how to shop on neighbor food i suppose really um just keep it kind of updated with lovely photographs and content and cool. connect them that all sounds, together that sounds pretty good how's it going for you do you enjoy it yeah it's great I absolutely love it yeah that's great and what's coming up in the pipeline so the pipeline is of course the podcasts which are going to be no pressure on us yeah which are going to be great crack um and a good challenge to promote so that'll be that'll be really good fun yeah, it, I, I think it will be good because like we're creating different topics and there'll be kind of different subjects that we can talk about um, from week to week. So I'd say from your point of view, that's going to be interesting. Yeah, it's going to be really it's going to be really interesting. And uh, um, they're definitely going to be topics that are going to connect with different hosts, producers, customers, you know, like all the different people from the neighborhood community are going to get, I think, are going to get it. these topics are going to suit them. Yeah, create a bit of debate and hopefully there'll be something for everybody in it. There's something for everyone, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, well, I suppose I better ask you, what's your favourite thing about this job? So my favourite thing about this job would be, well, sharing the content and seeing people's reactions to the content is definitely up there with my favourite thing. Um, mm. The remote working is great mm. because I'm able to kind of work remotely and also get to see everybody's markets, everybody's produce all online. So it's, um, yeah, it's fast. It's really fast paced. So fast paced and all go. Lotchler, yeah, it's all go. It's brilliant. Cool. Well, thanks a million, Clara. Thanks for, uh, thanks for jumping on with us there. Appreciate your time. Um, and we'll uh, leave you get back to work. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Julie. Bye. Bye. So that was Clara now. Do you want to talk about me? Well, I don't know. What, what do you do? Jo- Jolene, what do you do now? Come on. Like, <laughs> what do you what do, do, do exactly? Do? This is like a monthly review, like prove your worth. What, what are you actually doing? <laughs> well, <laughs> at the moment now, I'm kind of having a great time coming up with discussions for podcasts. But um, up until now, I've, I've actually had a really enjoyable time on my own little neighborhood journey because I've been capturing lots of images lots of video meeting a lot of the producers going to different markets meeting customers meeting hosts and gathering a lot of content that clara has been sharing online and i suppose by seeing it on the ground it's been really exciting for me and i love taking pictures and telling stories so it has been a complete dream and now we're on the podcasting journey it's just getting better. nice okay <laughs> So this is going to be the podcast, basically. We are going to dip into really random topics, very basic topics. We're going to look at an individual ingredient and explore that with different people who are involved in the production or the growing of it. Um, We're going to look at some challenges from time to time. Um, Things that might make you a little bit upset about environmental impacts that things have. And one of the main things that I really wanted to do with this podcast is I am passionate about buying locally. I Mm -hmm. don't have neighbor food to use here in Italy, but I can tell you that I have more people I engage with every week over here that are different producers of different things than I do with friends or any other things. The first group of people I made myself aware of when I moved here were the producers of the food. I'm I'm now moving on to finding friends, you know, but that's what I'm passionate about. And I understand all the reasons for that, but sometimes it can be really easy to just blanket out other 
things. And I think what we've done in this podcast so far has actually made me readdress some of the things I'm so black and white about. Okay. Yeah. So I don't want to just talk about the things that neighbor food is passionate about. I want to look at everything else. So I want to chat to people who have really big companies that produce, you know, thousands and thousands of things every single day and talk about how important it is for them to keep those better and improving Mm -hmm. and how important it is that the impact that their company has on the world is, is a positive one, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And for me, I think it's, it's a learning journey as well, because like, you know, we're both seriously passionate about, about food and, and all these people, um, but to actually hear their story, find out what they're doing, find out what's ha- what's happening in the world of food. There's just so much that's kind of evolving around it. And I, I, I think, um, yeah, we're going to be on this learning journey together. So that's exciting for me, too. And how frequently is it going to be? So we're aiming for a weekly podcast. We're definitely going to do it because we've got a few nice little episodes here now in the bag. So, uh, yeah, it's go- it's going to be good. So it's going to be a weekly podcast and you're going to be able to get it on all your platforms from Spotify to Apple Podcasts, you name it. And we're really looking forward to your feedback as well. So if there's anything that you want to listen to or people that you think we should chat to or ingredients that you want to know more about, then, you know, shoot us a line. Podcast uh, at neighborfood.ie. Exactly. Podcast at neighborfood.ie. Our social media channels are Neighborfood Markets mm-hmm. on Instagram, Neighborfood Markets on Facebook and neighborfood.ie which comes out as neighborfoodie, but it actually wasn't the intention. It was neighborfood.ie, so neighborfoodie on Twitter. Great. Let's wrap this trailer up and listen to the rest of the episodes, guys, and hit subscribe. <laughs>